Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. After you finish that project with that program that you've rolled out and you've launched with that product, you realize, well, that was easy. That wasn't that bad. But if you look back in the beginning of every one of the experiences or a new job, it was probably vomit in your mouth sometimes thinking, what did I do? My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. We are in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, collaborating, connecting, hearing the most amazing stories from the wonderful women in tech here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I have the privilege of attending this great event called ACT, put on by Chick Tech. And so did Lisa, who is sitting here with me now. She's one of the speakers. Lisa, first of all, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone and tell us what your talk was about. Hi, I'm Lisa Wilmore. I'm a project director. Um, So I've been with different organizations, and it seems like whenever people want to launch projects, there's always challenges in every project. And in the 15 years I've been doing this, I've deduced it down to three things. It's either the people, or the process, or the technology. So my talk was about how do you work around these things and still bring innovation using different strategies. Amazing. There's a lot of theory, um, some case studies, and then real-world examples. And, And how long have you been a speaker? Um, I would say about three or four years now. I think uh, right after I, right before I started grad school, I and, and, doing this. And we're not going to talk about speaking too much, but one thing I really want to touch base on related to speaking is I think one of the biggest fears of a death speaking in taxes or something. So how did you overcome, or did you even have a fear to begin with? And if you did, how did you overcome that to be giving talks today? Well, you know, I don't think everybody was born wanting to do this. Um, believe it or not, when I was younger, when my parents want to introduce me to other people, this is Mr. So-and-so, and there's this Mrs. and Mrs. Smith, I would hide behind my mother and cry and yeah. refuse to introduce myself. Um, I think, you know, but then she forced me to do some training, and I did debate team when I was in high school. Right. And then you had to do those projects in college, and then I started volunteering for nonprofits. And when you're advocating, and I think I've seen studies on this, in fact, from University of Texas at Austin, that when women advocate on behalf of others, they are so much stronger in their voice. And having sat on those boards for the past 15, 16 years, I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking for the children we're helping. I'm speaking for the women that we're supporting. I'm supporting the education initiatives that I push for. So I started doing there. Um, So I gained some skills by doing volunteering work, for doing something for no cost. And I learn all these things. And and it's it's awesome going back to speaking on stage and at events. And 
what you're doing is you're serving a purpose larger than yourself, and that's why you put yourself either in volunteer situations or in prominent situations because it's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's about your mission and wanting to empower others. It is. Um, I have a really, really great mentor. Um, This mentor found me about 12 years ago. Your mentor found you. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Talk about that too. Yeah. So this mentor is all about building people. Um, this mentor has gone from from one organization to another, leading you know uh, statewide initiatives or organization wide initiatives. Very very kind and good person, but yeah. very effective. Right. So by the word effective, I think sometimes effective people may come off across as right, uh, right, strong, right. But as a strong person, this individual looks for other strong people to help. And so what this person introduced me to is the Clifton Strength Finder 2.0. Clifton Strength Finder. Okay, what's that? Clifton Strength Finder was developed by Gallup. Um, I would assume, I think, about two decades ago. And it specifically basically studies people. And you take this assessment. Everybody is going to be a top five strength out of 34 profiles they've identified. Interesting. Yeah. And one of this person's profile is a maximizer. And the maximizer, what they want to do is grow people. Um, it's funny if you if you look up the word culture, culture is a Latin word that comes from the word cultivate. Right. Yeah. And so culture is something that is ongoing. And so if you want to have a continuous learning culture and keep teaching, keep growing people, what this person taught me is do everything you do well and keep doing it, but teach another person. Because if you don't teach that person how to do what you're doing, yeah, yeah. I can't give you more stuff to do. Wait, is this is this a, a free exam or is this like how I, I think, how can we all do the Clifton Strength Finder? So the Clifton Strength Finder, I think it's a nominal fee. It's a, it's a small book and you can take it online. Yeah. Um, the book will be sent to you, I think, from Amazon if you yeah. buy it on Amazon yeah. or from Gallup. I think it's twelve or thirteen dollars. A quick thirty minute test and you all find out what your top five strengths are. Dude, I wanna do this. You should. One of mine happens to be maximizer, which is why I think if I learn something from my experiences and I've fallen and had the good graces of people that yeah. are my leaders and mentors that pick me up and yeah. say, It's okay, try again. I should tell somebody, This is how you should do it. This is yeah. a shortcut way to do it. So you yeah. don't fall when you try. And when did you first fall in love with technology? Speaking oh, of falling. <laughs> I think technology has always been in my family. Uh, my dad was on the team of TI, Texas Instruments, um, back uh, back when I was an eight years old. It's and, like every uh, calculator that we've all had in algebra. Calculator. Yeah. yeah, and they've done chips, too, microprocessors um, for high mil- high-grade military devices. Yeah. yeah. So ever since we were young, we were always tinkering. I think I've, I've had the Barbies, too, and the My Little Ponies, like all the other girls. Yeah. But I also had breadboards, which yeah. I soldered circuits on, and I can tell how to count a, uh, a transistor or a capacitor, yeah. whereas most people who are six-year-old or eight-year-old girls didn't know how to. Right. Um, and it's another recent thing I read. I don't know which. I keep forgetting these. I just read all day long. Um, that a girl's chance of turning into tech is heavily dependent on the father. And now that I think oh, back about it, he introduced all this stuff to me when I was six or eight. I'm not afraid to touch these things. I mean, okay, ditto. However, if our moms didn't, wouldn't it have the same effect? Yes. Yes. It's about introduction of that yeah, series yeah, to yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I, I, my dad totally brought tech into our home. See? Yeah. And yeah. my mom still to- totally doesn't 
have a cell phone. She's so not tech. Yes. However, my mom is one of the best speakers in the world. So I got ah. I got the other half of my personality from my mom and the nerd side from my dad. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. Same thing. The people aspect my mom was great yeah. at. She was a social butterfly. But the tech, the numbers, the quantitative stuff, I got from my dad. And how did you parlay growing up with technology and then working in technology professionally as you grew up? Okay, so uh, things would break at the house, and he would say, just go touch it. Go mess with it. If the VCR really? broke, go fix it. Yeah. If this broke, go touch it. There's nothing you can do that, I mean, probably not the lawnmower, right? You don't want uh-huh. a 10-year-old touching yeah. the lawnmower. But yeah. So he would have me watch and do these things, and I would learn trial and error. Same thing as you would develop software. The same thing. Yeah. You try iterations through agile process, whether it's waterfall, and then you deploy, right? And then you do user testings, A-B testing, to see which one is going to be what the user or the customer base wants. It's still the same trial and error process. When did you know you loved it? Like, I mean, it sounded like you were exposed to it before you knew that you loved it. So did you know you loved it instantaneously or was there a moment? I knew I love what it can do. Um, mm. I started studying electrical engineering and then I switched into economics and mathematics because I wanted to see how I can actually apply the technology using um, quantitative measurements that people use in society. Okay? Yeah. How often do you use your phone? How often do you turn on your TV? Right. Using those numbers Too often. to derive a product. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just designing the product, I want to know the source of where those numbers come from and where those people are. So I want to go to the field and find out yeah. what do you actually need. And so this is the whole thinking of design thinking is to go ask from the front lines, what do you need? And what, what does your day-to-day at RC look like? Um, so a lot of different projects, um, we're transitioning a lot of old system to new systems. So a lot of it really is about, um, so in my talk, we talked about people process technology. It's always going to start at one of those things, right? So I think right now we're at the cups of it's, it's about the people because we're in such a a long history organization. We've been around since the 1800s. What? There's so much history. Yeah. At this organization. Tell, tell us more about RC. Um, so the organization, it, we're, we're in energy. So that's, it's been a long around situation. So there's a lot of knowledge embedded in these people's heads. And when you're trying to advance to the next level, it's important you don't leave anyone behind. Because people at the central of it is really what's going to carry any of your initiatives or projects forward. Right? I'm sure with the things that you do, the people that you meet, right. it's all people generated. Right. Um, and the knowledge that they have, it's, it may all be a one-off incident. They don't recall those incidents happening, but it's through those working with them yeah. and also the re-exposure to these different situations. How does your software work? Tell me how you push this button. What happens when you see this document? Yeah. Yeah. It's through constant exposure to that, and that can only happen to constant communication. And how long have you been with RC? Um, about four years now. Which is archaic in tech terms. Yeah. That you're like seasoned and, and, yes. and veteran now. Oh, pretty much. You know, I didn't realize, I think my boss is probably going to ask me, did you enjoy the conference? And I think the first thing I'm going to tell him said, yes, I loved it. But I didn't realize I'm old. <laughs> He's probably going to say, why do you think that? And tell, us, tell us your experience in ACT. What has been your biggest takeaway here? What, what's really attracted you to Chick Tech, the organization that produces ACT? Okay, so we initially worked with Chick Tech back in Austin. Um, on one project, which was the weekend program for high school girls to do robotics, programming, and um, and, and also engineering. Right. And so two-day training for anybody that want to do it, and 100 people were selected. And I thought this was the way to do it. It's just to expose them to it, and if they take a liking to it, then they'll continue on their studies right. with it. So I think what they're doing, and I talked to Janice a little bit, what they're doing is taking the practical skills to the people that need them. 
Yeah. If they haven't seen it before, let's get them comfortable and starting them early. I love it. And what I've loved about meeting all the girls behind it is that they're really heart-driven leaders. They truly care Mm -hmm. about the mission on their why they're putting this together. Agreed. Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, I think that this is an environment. I've gone to South by Southwest several times. Yeah. Did you have too? Yeah. It's, there's something about the synergy at South by or these conferences yeah. that opens up the sharing aspect. Tell me 100%. your problem. How do I help you? Yeah. Yeah. We're like human o- open source. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, what is a huge challenge that you've successfully overcome? Um, okay, I like getting this question because I get this all the time okay. through uh, the different presentations or maybe even if you look back to the interviews, yeah. right? Um, when people ask me this one time, I think the last time was maybe a few years ago, I said, that's a really funny question because I finally figured it out. Okay. And I said, it's, it's not a moment and it's not any project and it's not any program management I've done. I'm in suspense over here. Yeah, because when people ask that question, I think if you look back into everything you've done, the answer will probably be it's the first three to six months of anything new. Because after you finish that project with that program that you've rolled out and you've launched with that product, you realize, well, that was easy. That wasn't that bad. But if you look back at the beginning of every one of the experiences or a new job, it was probably vomit in your mouth sometimes thinking, what did I do? Yeah. And I know a lot of us think, um, are we good enough to do this? Are we capable enough? Will we be able to execute? Are we competent enough? Exactly. That comes up a lot. Yes. That's interesting. And then, so then once you've done it, you're like, oh, and you tend to forget that in the beginning you questioned yourself so (laughs) much. How much much it felt like vomit. Yeah. That's it. That's a good one. I like that. I finally figured it out. I really like that. Thank you. And how can people connect with you online? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me L-I-Z-A-C-W-I-L-L-M-O-R-E. I always try to get back to my emails. Um, and if anybody needs help, let me know. Be glad to help. Um, I shared some toolkits and resources today on change management and process and program management best practices. Perfect. Is it? Is there any way to access some of you have, Do you ever write meeting po- medium posts or LinkedIn posts or anything like that? I haven't done any of that, but maybe I can connect with you. You can help me with that. Yes. Okay. Yes. All okay. right. And one last question or two. Your favorite tech tool? Uh, my new favorite tech tool has got to be my Pixel 2 phone. I switched that's over a, to Google one. phone. Yeah. From from iPhone, I had an iPhone, and then went to Samsung, and then I now I am with a I'm a Google. Oh, so it was a gradual. It was a gradual thing. Out. This is the one. Google Pixel Two is the one. And the the camera photos must it's be awesome. epic, and it's light, and it's intuitive. Really? Yeah, and the apps, uh, and yeah. they get loaded to Google Photos, Fast. which is awesome. Unlimited storage on Google Photos. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, huge. that's crazy. Yes, I think I've seen the commercial. And your favorite book, uh, professional or personal, or both. Um, my most recent one that I read is from Adam Grant. Oh, um, giving get or the give and take, give and take. It's awesome. Yes, <laughs> it's awesome. Yes, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so, someone near and dear to me is an architect, landscape architect. Um, my my soon to be husband. And so I said they did a study specifically on your archetype because you cross so many varied um, disciplines. Yeah, right. There's art, there's design, but then there's also engineering yeah. and math. Yeah, and it's like consistently what they found is. Oh, I don't want to give the book away. No, give, yeah, no, yeah, say. I love it. Consistently, consistently what they found. found. In the beginning, if you start giving, you're going to be behind. But then the experience of when you keep giving and you keep learning and you keep giving back that skill, you actually shoot ahead. 
and compounds later on. Interesting. Yeah. I made it through halfway through the book. So I just got to the part where I'm a sucker. Oh, no, no, no. No. No, I'm I'm kidding. I mean, I did. I'm not kidding that I only got through halfway. But I remember my takeaway was that... um, to essentially embrace that I'm a giver and just have also boundaries yeah. to my giving. And I think that's a big one is um, a lot of times givers forget to set boundaries. Yes. A huge one with me has been um, community outreach, like community will coffee dates. Can you meet with me for coffee? Can you meet with me? Imagine if I met with the whole world for coffee. It's not possible. And so because I'm such a giver... I felt anxiety. Oh, my gosh, how can I not give to absolutely everybody? And then I realized... I need to show up as my best self in order to give. And so I, I set, um, I set a, a community day in my calendar schedule. And then during those hours, anybody who wants can book them. But at least now I know that's, that's the time where I still feel fueled and, yeah, boundaries. It's nice. Exactly. It's I agree thing. with you. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. Giving also means giving to yourself, yes. whether it's meditation or vacation 100%. or yoga or going to your favorite restaurant or yeah. seeing your good friend. Those are necessary. Totally. And that's what I learned through, through that book. Um, I love that book so much. I got his other book called The Originals. Oh, I haven't heard of which, that one. Yeah, you'll probably like also. Oh. And I got these recommendations from another great mentor, his professor, who's now you know a colleague and friend. Yeah. Yeah, that every time, every few months I meet with him, we meet with him and then he would say, go read this book. Awesome. Yeah. And, and Carl, our amazing teammate, will include it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Lisa, for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Uh, if you want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech, be sure to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight to the Facebook group or say hi on socials at Women in Tech Show and maybe you'll get one of the Women in Tech stickers on Twitter, on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.